This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everyone, uh, we are now live um, with Jamie Lawrence, uh, Bradford City legend, Bradford City fan as well, and my co-host Chris is here as well, so how are we doing Jamie, right mate? Yeah, I'm good mate, how are you right? Very good, yeah, I'm good. We're good, we're even better for speaking to you, uh, absolute legend mate, we should be bowing down to you to be honest with you. Um, so you're actually up north, I mean we're doing this via uh, a live obviously, but you're up north aren't you? Uh, I am up north, yeah, come up. My ex-missus passed away a little while ago and come up to surprise the mum and dad. They had a dinner. Never knew I was coming. It just turned up. And it made their day, to be fair. Love that. Says a lot about your character, mate. And uh, it's just a shame you're in Leeds. I mean, wasn't there any hotels in Bradford? Did you not fancy it? No, they was in Halifax and all that. So yeah. I'm going to see. I'm going to catch up with um, Isaiah Rankin and that as well. So he lives in Leeds. So. Nice. Yeah, I remember him. He signed from Arsenal, didn't he, I think? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, Signed for Arsenal for about 1.1. Yep. And um, I looked after him when he came up and he ended up buying a house around the corner from me. Did he? Yeah. Nice. And, and just yeah. talking about players, and so who, do you, who do you still speak to? Like, uh, who are you close with from the back of the day? Most of them speak to Moro, speak to Jake's. Um, Andy Myers, Andy Myers was at my house the other day. I speak to Ranks. Um, now and again, the Maka. I speak to most of the lads. That's the change room what we had. Like we're all always tight. Flash is probably one of the best ones as well for me. Good lad. Yeah. Great we lad. moved up. We lived in a hotel together in the Stackers. So we got to know each other really well. He was just coming back from his injury. Yeah, well, yeah, on his injury, I mean, we obviously saw a horrendous one um, at the weekend. I don't know if you've seen it, Jamie, but... No, I seen, I've seen the tackle. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrendous, and it, it, you know what? We had flash on like the week before, and then that happens. You just you couldn't write these things, and it's just it's the yeah. game of football, and it these things happen. The lads yeah. we don't think meant to do it, but yeah, pretty, pretty <laughs> horrendous. Um, so we just want to sort of go through the timeline really with you, if you don't mind, and sort yeah, of take us a little bit back in your life. So can you tell us a bit about your youth and where you grew up, and just a little bit about that, please? I grew up in a place called Battersea, South London. Um, mom and dad, Jamaican parents, and whatever really strict i've done the same things as everyone I, I never got into trouble until later on when they went away because they was massive on discipline yeah so <laughs> seen and not heard was their favorite fra- phrase yeah so you had to toe the line and that but i grew up in a nice area and um we had a great community to be fair and then i played for my school football and cricket 
athletics. I've done every single sport, snooker and whatever. And then my mum and dad went back to Jamaica when I was 17. And that's where the problem started. So were you living on your own then at that point? So when they went back to Jamaica, did you get your place on your own? What, what were you doing at the time? No, I was living with my sister and she lived in a place called Croydon. Yeah. But she was struggling for money. She just had a kid and whatever at the time. And I was working as a trainee mechanic. I was getting £50 a week. Get paid on a Friday, £50 gone. Okay. And then uh, obviously my mum and dad's not here. And then I started getting into certain things what I'm not proud of. And then um, I got my first sentence. I got three year sentence um, for robbing my. It was dumb, really. I robbed the snooker. I used to play snooker in. You <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't laugh, really. It's like encouraging it. But yeah, it's, it's mad, isn't it? It's like you don't shit. I, yeah. off, I guess they say, but yeah. But you know what? It's, it's really, really important that your parents are around. Because you lose that stability in your life. The guidance. Yeah, that, that guidance. You take it for granted a lot of the time. But when they went, it was a massive void left in my life. So was that 17 that you went into prison then? No, the first time I went into prison, I was 19. Yeah. And then um, I got parole first time. Um, got about a year out of the three years. And then um, I got arrested again after three months of being out. And then I got four years and ended up going to a men's prison. And I'm, listen, I was shitting myself when I was going in there. It was a proper men's prison, four years. And it was the most violent prison for the sentence I was doing on the Isle of Wight. So obviously yeah. you're thinking, fuck it now. It's a problem now. Yeah. But it turned out to be a blessing in disguise. You know? Yeah, so, so tell us a bit about it, because obviously... Uh, reading a bit of your book, of course. Uh, you were in, in Cows, weren't you, uh, in Isle of Wight? And yeah. uh, I believe that you met you met someone in in, in the prison who who believed you. He was a boxer, wasn't he? A boxing promoter or something like that, was and it? And both Wendy. So what what happened? You used to have an interwing competition, right? And it's big money as well. You win, you win about eight pounds, and what you can spend at the canteen, which is massive money in there, right? <laughs> My my winger never won it. So obviously they don't know you can play football. So I played football, they put me in a team and we won it, we pissed it. Then teams used to come in and play us. So Cal Sports um, came in on Boxing Day and I played up front, scored two goals against them. And they went to the governor and asked the governor if I could play, if I could get let out every weekend to play for their side. So... Um, I'd only done one year out of my four years, so I was, home leave was coming up in four months. So they said, listen, if you go on home leave, you come back, we'll um, assess it again. So I went on home leave, came back, and they started letting me out every weekend to play for the um, semi-pro side called Cows. And it was a gym um, PO, Mr. Walder. I'll never forget him. Saved my life, you know. And they gave me they gave me a, um, a job in the gym so I can keep fit. So I was training like five six times a day, you know, playing football three times. I was in the gym three times. That's all I was doing was training all. The, and then I was playing for cows. And I don't care who you are, you want to get the respect of your peers. So the first time I went out, played played really well. We won two one. 
and they used to get about two, three hundred fans. They started getting five, six hundred fans because I was playing. Wow. Yeah. So did it did it keep you out of trouble then um, when you were in prison? Have you got any any other stories for, for obviously any naughty things you got up to? Anything that happened while you were there that you were quite yeah, was, yeah. When I first got there, you're always going to get tested. And me being the youngest in there, there's a wing bully. So you have to put your name up for the phone. My name was at the top. And he's come down and rubbed my name off. And I've gone to him like, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't give it unless I do you. I'm like, well, we're going to have to have it now. Right. My mate was in there. We went to the table tennis room. He's keeping watch outside the the door and I've ended up knocking this geezer out I broke my hand at, at the same time wow and then um, he ended up grassing me up <laughs> no way he ended up grassing me up alright and then um, went down the block he got shipped out of prison I had to go to a hospital to get an operation on my hand I busted it really bad and then um, then I come back on the wing I never had no more problems after that I'm going to say you'll you'll have been the cock of the wing after that, mate. <laughs> Nobody had messed with you. Even even the screws never liked him. Really? Because he was he was rude. He tried to bully half the wing anyway. So they was kind of glad that he got that. Yeah, it's one of those moments in it in life where everybody wants it to happen. When it does, it's like they can't be pleased about it like the screws, but they are secretly like oh, delighted, you know. So you need yeah. everybody to have you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah so is, is there any other tales that you've got while you're in there? Anything else you can tell us? Nah, but you know what? A lot of the people I was in prison with are still my friends today. Really? Yeah. Uh, very, very good friends. Like, like, I shared the bad times with them, and they shared all the good times. Like, they come to Bradford, they come to Leicester, they come all over. I bought them everywhere. Like, when I, when I got to Wembley with um, Leicester, I bought 90-something tickets. Wow. <laughs> I mean, wow. Uh, yeah, I always keep in contact with my boys. Love that. I love that. It's it's like that camaraderie, and obviously you're saying we we teammates as well. So obviously yeah. following that, who was the first professional team that you signed for? Can you tell us how that all came about? Right, um, that Ambrose Mendy, Ambrose Mendy was Nigel Ben and Paul Winston's agent. So he was in there. He was in there doing two and a half years sentence himself at the time. He said to me when I was in there, he said, "Listen, when you're coming on." Um, I'm going to get you a few trials. So I was thinking, nah, he's forgot about me or whatever. When I got my parole, because what was happening in the prison as well, TV cameras and all that was coming in to do interviews and everything. So when I when I got released now, TV cameras have followed me to the ferry and he had sorted out um, a trial at South End. So gone to South End the next day. And they were very clever at um, prison. Because they let me out in pre-season, right? They never let me out before. They let me out pre-season, so I couldn't get in any trouble leading up to it. So, next day I went to Southend. Remember Barry Fry? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a manager. Yeah. So, I was there. I was there for, um, for about a month. Had really good players. Ricky Otto, Andy Anser, Chris Powell was there. And then boys really took care of me as well. They were bringing him into training, looking after me. But I never got nothing there. Um, 
said, oh, they couldn't give me nothing. They've got players in my position. Then I went to Wimbledon. Then I went to Millwall. And um, Millwall offered me about 200 quid a week to stay in London. But the worst part was he wanted me to live in Diggs. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's obviously because of my past, he wanted me to live in Diggs. But my thing was like, nah, I can't be living in Diggs. If you don't trust me, then I don't want to play for you anyway. You know yeah. And then I ended up going to Sunderland. Um, I went to Sunderland on the Sunday. And um, I was homesick by the time I got And you can't, I couldn't understand what they were saying as well. The accent. Put me in a hotel, the first hotel I've ever been in. Nice hotel as well, um, George Washington. And then I trained Monday, trained Tuesday. Terry Butcher was manager as well. Trained Wednesday. And then I played against Dirty Leeds on the, on the first day. Yeah, yeah. Love that, love that. Can I just say, love the fact you did that, Jamie. <laughs> and then you know when you played played well. I played against a left back called Kevin, Kevin Sharp, who had played first team games, and I terrorised him. And then the next day, Terry Butchers called me in the office, and he's going, "You excited me, son? I'm going to sign you." And and that's another thing. Like I say to young kids all the time. They give up when they've been knocked back a few times. Yep. My my mentality was like, listen, I've been knocked back by three. There's another 89 teams in this country. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's and then I went back. I went back to London that weekend. Came back the next week, and I signed on. This is sometimes what happens with live shows, guys. Bear yeah. with us. Hopefully get him back. He's going to come back, don't worry. <laughs> like, like not, because this is fantastic so far. I'm absolutely loving it, but he'll be back. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm probably, he's probably telling us all about Sunderland at the minute. Yeah, but... no. Andy, I don't know if it's worth you. Uh, I don't know if you're there in the background, if you can maybe remove him and add him again or something. I don't know how it works, but let's try that. <laughs> but yeah, so so far, so good, guys. Have you got any questions you want to ask? Oh, Jim, you're back. Yes, sir. I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. We lost you. Um, so yeah. you're talking just about uh, Terry Butcher and Sunderland. Can you carry on that for us, mate? Yeah, so I went back to London, um, came back up, actually played in another game against Leicester. It put me up in the hotel again and then um, signed on a Friday. And then I made my debut live on the ITV against Middlesbrough away. Um, we lost 4-1. And then he started me on the Tuesday against Luton at home, packed Roker Park, yep. um, 1-2-0, got man in the match, then ended up going out in Newcastle. Obviously, I'm, I'm thinking I've made it now. And I, I see Andy Cole out and all that. And listen, Andy Cole came up to me in the club and said, listen, I love your story. If you need anything, here's my number. Give me a call. Which I always, whenever I see him now, we always spend the whole night together, which I really appreciated. So then, um, obviously, I'm I'm flying. I think I'm flying now. Then Terry Butcher gets the sack. Yeah, I remember he did, didn't he? Yeah, he got sacked. Killed me. Then the reserve team manager called Mick Buxton took over. Absolute prick. Hated him. <laughs> yeah, hated him. And his assistant. Yeah. Talking about man management and all that, they proper took the piss. And I 
I ended up saying like, this on what happened in the first place. My nephew was admitted to hospital. I was injured anyway. So I've asked him, um, can I have some time off to go and see my nephew? He's gonna give you one day. By the time you go from Sunderland to London. Yeah, it's a day already, isn't it? The day's done already. So what I done anyway, I took 10 days off, right? Because my family comes before anyone, yep. right? So then what's happened now, I come back, he's fired me two weeks wages. Uh, so and I was on my own big money at the time, right? So I was struggling. Then Ian Atkins, who was Terry Butcher's number two, got the job at Doncaster. So there was League Two, well, yeah, League Two at the time. So I rung him up and I said to him, like, I need to get out of here. It's him. I'll buy you. So he was, he bought me for twenty grand. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Twenty grand. I'm seven months out of prison. And he he buy me for twenty grand. And at that time, I've only played four first team games. Right. Then I go to Donny, play another eight games. He gets the sack. I'm thinking I'm getting everyone the sack now. <laughs> but it, that turned out to be a blessing. Because um, the season finished, and then the geezer called Sammy Chung took over. Right? I was in London, come back, put me up in um, some some house with other players and whatever. I've come back. No one don't know you after about eight games. So uh, I've trained, and then I've played the next day. I've made one or scored one. He's called me in the office. When they, call, when they normally call, me, call you in the office, you're normally in trouble. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I've gone in, he's gone, sit down. So I sat down, he's gone, what do you want to do with your career? Where do you want to go? I said, I just want to play in the Prem. He's got to you can play in the Prem. You've got all the tools to play in the Premier League. And every team talk, he was just saying to the boys, get the ball to Jamie. Jamie, take players on, get crosses in the box. And that's all I've done. And I was gone within 10 months. Leicester signed me for 300 grand. Wow. Yeah. Brian Little? Was it Brian Little who signed you? Mark McGee. Mark McGee. Mark McGee signed me. I remember I was in London. I, my agent rung me. It was Barry Silman at the time. He's gone, listen, Leicester want to sign you. And then we went out there at a medical next day and I signed that's yeah. crazy man you yeah, gotta just your mind must have been like what you know even I'm, now i'm thinking that uh, how i made it from there from three and four years in prison yeah, yeah. to being played and playing in the premier league after 17 months of being released to be worth money as well like how do you comprehend being bought like by for three hundred thousand pounds even though a lot of money even now it's a lot of money like yeah it was a, yeah it was a lot of money and to be fair like i like my time at leicester i enjoyed it started off really well set up the winner against man city and then um mark mcgee weren't really fancy me i was on i was on the bench a lot playing a couple of games here and there and then um, he walked out and went to Wolves. Mm. And then the legend come in, Martin O'Neill. Yeah. Wow. Proper, proper manager. But I had my run-ins with him, mate. <laughs> <laughs> out on a few things, mate. <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> I, I, I imagine that, I mean, I, that was just Martin O'Neill, because obviously he he played a lot under Brian Clough as well. So I, I imagine that a lot of his management skills that he learned were there was the same, There was the same with um, Brian Clough. Like, like, at this point, you know, like, I wasn't living right at the time. Like, I was travelling from London to Leicester to train and then and driving back. I was driving. With the time I was on the motorway, I should have been on the training ground practising on my game. But people don't realise, I had never been coached until 24. I had learned everything myself. Right. But then, obviously, I wanted to be in London with my boys and my missus at the time and whatever. And if I had my time again, I wouldn't have done that. I'd have dedicated myself a lot more to doing that. But that was part of my makeup, you know? Is that one of your only regrets, would you say, like that? Not that's, that's my only regret. Yeah. 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 Because, like, <laughs> one time as well, like, I got missing for another 10 days on the piss. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> And he knew it, the gaffer knew it, right? And we had um we had Crystal Palace in the playoff final. I've now tried to come back and try to get involved. <laughs> oh, everyone's got the suits and all that now. I've got a suit and he's gone, listen. He called me outside, he's gone, listen, get the suit and fuck off. I do <laughs> you until next season. Alright. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you got me on that one now. Right, so, we obviously end up winning against Palace, Stevie Claridge, mm. last minute. And then um, won a lot of money out of that as well, promotion bonus and whatever. And then one thing about Martin O'Neill, never held grudges. Right? So the next season, doing well. But then um, we was getting to a place called Tor Point, right? HMS Rally, Army Camp. Right. I'm meant to be at the ground for 12 o'clock. I got the wrong train that ended up getting there 12.15. They've, they've gone. They've left me. Wow. Fucking wow. yeah. left me. Right. So the next day, I've made my way to Tor Point myself. He's called me outside. He's gone. What happened? I said, oh, the train was delayed. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Next day, I'm in a ca um, canteen. He's called me out again. He had printed out all the train time. This preseason is going to be your longer, your hardest preseason you've ever done in your life. He had me the first team, reserve team, and the youth team wow. right, for a whole month. Because I wiped my mouth and I shut my mouth and I got on with it, I was in the team all year that year. We ended up winning the League Cup as well and staying up in the Premiership um, comfortably. That's funny. That's funny. Is it printed them off and brought them no, in? It's not like today's times where you've got the phone, you can always get it. You know? He's yeah. got one and got it printed out. I'm like, got <laughs> <be this>, right? <laughs> So, so then what happened following that then? So obviously you, you're playing well and you, you're doing well that season. What what sort of happened from that point? That was the last year of my contract. Yeah. So we won a couple and we've stayed up comfortable. And we, we had a team, by the way. We had a great team. Heskey was my roomie. Mm, wow. Yeah, we had Lenny, 
Muzzy, is it Gary Parker, midfield, Steve Walsh, Spencer Pryor, Matty Clark, Guppy, Simon Grayson. Oh, we had a team and Claridge up front and Casey Keller with a proper team. But he at the end of the year, he's, he sat me down. He's gone, you're the hardest one I've had to think about. He said, I want you to stay, but I, I can't guarantee you first team football. Mm. And he said, listen, have a think about it. We're after dinner on Monday. And let me know. He said, like, there's a couple teams coming for you already. And I'll let you go for 50 grand because of the good service you've done for me. So I went went home, thought about it, and I said, you know what? You never know how good you can be if you don't play first-team football. Mm. There's, there's no chance. Any player who wants to sit on the bench and all the time has no ambition. Mm. So I came back, I said to him, Gaffer, I need to go and see how good I can be. And then I was in Jamaica. My agent had messaged me about Bradford. And then I actually signed via fax from Jamaica fax. for Bradford. Yeah. Fax machines. Wow, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. What what um what did what if you don't want me asking, like contract wise, what what sort of money were you on in those days when Bradford signed you? You don't have to describe yeah, it. Got a, a couple of grand, something like that. And signing on fee and whatever. Was that good? Was that good money in those days? It's all right, but it weren't massive money because I had never been coach. I had never played that long in the game. And so that's what taking a punt on you, I guess. What's that? They were like taking a gamble. You know, yeah, yeah taking a gamble on me, but really, I'm, I was a Premier League player anyway, though. Coming to Bradford yeah. anyway, you know, and I played a lot of games in the Prem. Right. So then, I remember I had done nothing in Jamaica except for be on the piss with my missus. Right, so the next the day I come back, I've had to come pre season at Bradford. Obviously, Cammy and that gone and done my medical. And the first run we done was a canal run. I'm like about six miles or something like that hills, and they're joining, and they'll be at the front and all that. <laughs> and I had done nothing, so I was at the back with the keepers, me and Nicky Mullen. So, like, it never took me long to get fit. I was about two weeks and I'm at the front. Then it, we started all right. Started all right. I remember us smashing Huddersfield away as well in a game. And then um, things just started going wrong. And he he wasn't a really good man manager for me. You know? uh, and then he got sacked. And then Paul Jewell took over. And then everything changed. Because me and Julie got on... Anyway, from the, he took me from my medical, Paul Joe, and he said he always said he said it on another podcast I've done. He says um, he took me for the podcast um, for the medical, and he's come back and he's gone. Yeah, two two things. He's passed his medical, but um, the surgeon wants a um, second opinion on his pineapple, and I <laughs> laughed. <laughs> I laughed, and then and me and James got on. Really well ever since, wasn't it? And, that, and that's you, where it's like, You were home, weren't you, for your haircuts and stuff, Jamie? Back in yeah. The days. I like to be different, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah love it, mate. Well, you, you said we're buying my hat, mate. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. All for that. All for that. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, at Bradford, when, when Jill took over, like, did you get more game time than when he was the manager because of that relationship? Yeah, um, Cammy was playing me. Yeah. Cammy was playing me, but 
Geordie believed in me. There's a difference, you know what I mean? Like, Jags, like, he come in the first season, obviously, he had to sell Eddie Owens yeah. to Charlton and that. And then we had all loans when he came in. And then we, I think we finished about 12th or something like that. And then obviously the next season, it gave me money to spend. Millsy, um, who else come in? Gareth Wally, player, Stephen wow. Wright. Yeah, ranks. Toddy came in. People forget about Lee Todd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Toddy came in as well. Yeah. And uh, the whole place just changed. But remember, like after about eight games, they was calling for his head. All right? Yeah. I think we played Bolton live on Sky and the rumour was going around that if we lost that, he was going to get the sack. We ended up drawing 2-2 and never looked back after that. We just had that belief. People forget that, you know, when new players come together, it takes time to gel, you know? Yeah, yeah. because, I mean, I always remember, I think it was the game before the Bolton game, I think we lost 3-0 at Portman Road to Ipswich, and yeah. that seemed to be the turning point. We might have played <coughs> maybe Sheffield United the game after, and it was 2 all, but you could see yeah. in that game, you could see how good we were, we were starting to look to gel. the football we were playing. And that must have been really exciting for yourself as well with that, that you know, with those players. Oh, listen, the change room was buzzing as well. We had a good change room. We never had no snakes in the change room. And it was a really good change room. It was a good good place to be at the time. And, you know, we'd go 1-0 down. Never panic. We knew that we had goals in our team. Right? We, we had goals coming from everywhere. And if teams want to play football against us, we could play football against you. If you want to fight us, we'll fight you. Because we had everything in that change room, you know. And Big Moro was my roomie as well at the time. Blakey was on flames. Big, yeah. Big's a magician. We just had the balance, a great balance. Uh, I'm on that side with my pace. Gareth Wally and Macker in midfield. Mm. OB, Tumble, Jakes. Oh, what a team. Yeah, it was, uh, so obviously you mentioned that team. Um, you mentioned about Jewel. You mentioned about Kamara. You yeah. know we're going to ask it. You know what I'm going to ask you, um, Richmond. Tell us about him. You know what? I got on with him. You know why? Because I was I was a little wide boy, wasn't I? So he loved me. He loved my character. Always loved my character. Like he always had kind words to say about me. I got on really well. He done well for Bradford as well. Like to get us into the Premier League. I mean, he's done well. And then he had, what do you call it, 10 months of madness. Yeah? Six weeks, the six weeks of madness. Six weeks, even months of weeks. Yeah, on 40, Dan Protescu on 27. Come on, man. Like, what we needed at the time, we needed a few younger players with, with legs and then we would have been all right. And, and the biggest thing that we lost, though, was Jagger, the gaffer went. And like when he walked out, I was gutted. I was gutted when he couldn't. Well, he made yeah, I mean, he mentions in in one of his books or something like that where he was sat down with Jeffrey Richmond and they were talking about the season. Yeah. And apparently, Richmond said, We've had a poor year this year. That's what he said to him. That's what he said to him. And he said, I ain't taking this on. We walked. We'd just, we'd just beat. Liverpool, last game of the season to stay up in the Premier League. 
right? They were looking to go in the Champions League, right? Yeah. And we battered them that day as well. And I think that's one of my best days in the Bradford shirt because it's one of the toughest as well for me. Because leading up to it, like I'd been out injured five and a half weeks. I broke my jaw both sides. And then um, leading up to the game on the Wednesday, I found out my dad was dying. So I went into the gaffer. And into the gaffer, I said to the gaffer, I don't feel I can play gaffer. And he's he's gone, listen, do it for your dad. And I played I played like a man possessed. That the only team talk I needed. Uh, and then afterwards it killed me, he did. Come come in the change room, all the boys celebrating. They don't know what's going on with me at this time. Yeah. And he's come over, he's gone to me like he's gone, that's for your dad. <laughs> done me, done me right up, he did. <laughs> Tears streaming down. Uh, yeah, that's what man management was all about. Yeah, and that's one when Bradford started going backwards when he left, because he would have he would have bought them players. There's no chance he would have got them players in. Nah. Well, it's it's ruined us, didn't it? To be honest with you, and um, still now, yeah, still now, yeah, 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 yeah. still playing catch up. You know, man. Like we don't on a stadium, we don't on you know training grounds, nothing. It's just everything. Chasing yeah. his tail a little bit, so, so yeah. I mean, the other thing I wanted to ask you, Jamie, um, yeah. is about is about your haircuts, mate, because um, yeah. you did mention it before on the pineapple. They used to sing it to you, I think, and I always got a pineapple on his head or whatever. Yeah. Um, so what? What? Do you know, Bradford you had all these different colours, and it was yeah. fantastic. Was there any reason behind any of them, or did you just? Well, like, yeah, it's just like add a little bit of fun into the football. The gaffer were impressed when I first started it, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming, he's gone. What the fuck do you think you are? Fucking spice player. <laughs> <laughs> he was not impressed. Uh, yeah, uh, I just added a little bit to the game, a little bit of colour to the game, and that, you know. But like, if I was a tippy tappy player, then I would have probably got more stick. Yeah. Because of the way I played, I got away with it. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a bit of the Dennis Rodman, you know, that's that's kind of yeah. what I mentioned to you earlier, like the Dennis Rodman of football yeah. in those days. And that's what the gaffer says. He said that he knew that I used to love socialising. Yeah. But he never wanted to take it away from me because that was part of my makeup. Yeah. But just to do, know when to do it. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking about your socialising. I've got a question to ask you, and I think you know what's coming here. Um, Absolutely. So, Go <laughs> about this uh, this moment um, in uh, Cammy's office, mate. Can you tell us about it? The video. <laughs> a bit embarrassing, right? We're out probably. I was seeing this stripper at the time <laughs> when I first got to Bradford and that, and then actually ended up making a film with her. <laughs> 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 making a photo with her and then forward in for all the boys to watch in Cammy's office <laughs> yeah yeah watched it and then smashed up the video one of the youth players that mentioned it to, you know a City fan he said just make yeah. sure you ask him that because I don't think many people know about it but yeah that's a, that's it, was a it was flash he asked them <laughs> use Cammy's room <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just talking on that subject, is there any other funny stories about you know your time at Bradford and the camaraderie, you know, things like that? Anything else you can think of? Not off the top of my head. There was too many funny 
times at Bradford. Yeah. So, well, obviously, you must have heard the story about me in I in Iron Apple. Well, tell no? Yeah, yeah. To please oh, tell yeah. it. Please tell yeah. anyone who hasn't heard this. This is brilliant. All right. <laughs> this is brilliant. Uh, I've done all pre-season. The boys are going to we're going to send kits like tomorrow. Yeah. So the get like I'm winning every race. I'm on Gunnar Haller's shoulder. I'm beating him on the 400. I'm kicking away from him on the thing. The last run, I pull my quad. So I've gone to Yorkshire Clinic. They say, oh, you're going to be out for five, six weeks. Gaffer's gone to me, you can't come St. Kitts. So I'm like, fuck this. I'd met a bird in Ayanapa. Yeah. Uh, so you lot going to St. Kitts, you want me to stay in Yorkshire? Yes, yeah, good one. So I booked a, booked a flight to Napa. Right. So I'm out in Napa, I've had a good time, and that was this bird. Come back now. We've had a um, photo shoot. Gaffer's pulled me. Gone, Jay, I need a word. He's gone two things. I'm going to ask you a question. If you lie to me and I find out you're lying, you'll never play for me again and I'll find you two weeks' wages. If you tell me the truth, I'll find you two weeks' wages. Was you in Iron Apple? Yes, Gaffer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, someone had wrote a letter in saying that he saw Jamie Lawrence in a bal- on a balcony in Ayanapa with a bottle of champagne and a young lady. Uh, <laughs> but he, he never ended up find, finding me. He never find me. Really? Because you told you know, the truth? Because I told the truth. You know what? So that I, says it all, doesn't it? The I truth. thought I'd heard it was someone like associated with the club or a, an official no. or something that had seen you on the beach, but no, it was a fan that had actually grasped you up. Someone who grasped me up, yeah. Imagine grasping your own players up like that. That's just mad. Well, yeah, it's a, one of the public. Yeah. Yeah. That's a belter. That's a belter, yeah. yeah. I can imagine, though, like, all your mates are going, you know, all the teammates are going around holiday and you're thinking, nah, I'm not missing out here. No and, chance. Uh, I remember being there, guy, too. I've worked my bollocks off. Got in yeah, the best yeah. shape ever. And you're going to have a, going to the Caribbean and you're leaving me in Yorkshire. Mad. Not having any that way, mate. I'm actually flying to, to Napa next week. Um, it's not, I'm getting married there, not on the strip, of course. Okay. Uh, I'll be I'll be telling all people in the hotel, Jim and Lawrence were on that balcony once and they got thought of there. Even though it wasn't a bit same hotel, but I'm going to... I'm Napa used to be the nuts. That was my favourite holiday. A bit calmer now, isn't it, than it used to be, I think. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. People go other places now, isn't it? Yeah. Like Marbury or whatever. I don't like Marbury no more. No, it's it's too pretentious in it, but yeah, I nap is some place, mate. It's still it's still a good place, it's still brilliant. So yeah. Yeah, I'll let you know how that one goes. Um so obviously there's there's loads to speak about with you, could be here for hours and hours. Um so just a couple of bits about your views on the club right now in its current state. Do you feel like we're, you know, gonna do anything this season? What are your thoughts, mate? Well, I've even seen none of them pre season games, but they they drew they drew on Saturday, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. But hopefully Mark Hughes the right man for the job but my only thing is that does he know the league you know what I mean and you need to know this league to get out of it and the players for me they need to be brave yeah. because teams come to a value parade and there's a cup final mm-hmm. so they've got, to be, they've got to stand up and be counted every time and, and not shrink when there's a big crowd yeah so it's a good point I think that you know we saw it uh, on Saturday, where we just couldn't break them down, and teams are going to come and do that every every game. Of the season. That's what they're going to do. They're, they're going to have their two backs of four 
you know what I mean? And you've got to be able to break them down. And that's what we would always break teams down because we had wide men who would go past people and fullbacks who go and join in. You've got to play expansive football to break teams down. Yeah, and it's exciting football. You've got, you've got to run at your, your fullbacks. And I just don't think we saw that a lot at the weekend, you know? Don't disappoint them. They expect you to take them on. Don't disappoint them. Yeah. Uh, all it takes is for you to get past them once and it could be a goal. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there were 19,000 fans cheering you on as well. It's just, uh, yeah. we should be making more of it, you know? Some people, they will under that sort of pressure. I used yeah. to love it. Yeah. Bigger games, the better I played. Yeah. And the, the, the more colourful your hair were as well, I guess, for the bigger games yeah. as well. You loved all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, you, you, you mentioned earlier about gelling, and we've got 15 new players that have come in. So, I guess that we've got to be a little bit patient right. you know, for them to get used to each other. It's going to, it's going to take time. And, and, like, the season's not one now, is it? No. You know? Exactly. You're no more by Christmas. Absolutely. We did last season as well when Derek Adams got sacked, but we won't talk about that one too much because I've <laughs> talked enough about Derek Adams. I watched a few games under him and I, I couldn't understand his tactics. Mad. Yeah. It's set up not set up not to lose. You know what I mean? That's not bad. Yeah. No, especially at home. I mean we we had games where we were winning one nil and then we'd sit back. It's like what are you doing? And then we'd end up losing the game and it was just bonkers. We've never seen that at home uh, as a Bradford City fan really for years and years we haven't. It's just not our way, is it? No, it's not our way, I mean, Listen, fans can always they'll always forgive you if you have a goal. Yeah. It's, inter- it's interesting you mentioned Jamie because obviously we're talking about you about Bradford and you, you mentioned we then. So I want yeah. to ask you, for, for anybody who doesn't really know, um, why is Bradford special to you? Like it was just like ugh, the whole vibe of coming to Bradford, the fans, the city. This is where I, I found how good I could be at football, right? And it, all the good times what we had together, like getting promoted, staying up, even the bad times. Cause we all stuck together, even the players stuck together. We come on, come together, and I would have left if it weren't for the money. I would never have left. I would have, I would have stayed for a lot longer. Cause this just, it just felt like home. Did yeah. you finally feel settled in Bradford? Then was that is that what it was? Or yeah, I was settled in Bradford, and I became an ultimate professional as well at Bradford, mm. and I became a big part of the changing room. Yeah, and I think like the fans have obviously absolutely love you, uh, and you, the fact that you just you support the club and you openly say that on Twitter, and you, you love promoting us on Twitter and you know following us when we're at Wembley and all that kind of stuff, and it it's really nice as fans to see ex pros doing that because it doesn't happen a lot because obviously people have their own teams and things like that. But Bradford is your team. Yeah, I love Bradford. I even go on the tour, on pre-season tours yeah. <laughs> all over the place, and yeah, it's my team from now on in. Yeah. I always remember seeing you at Villa Park uh, in the yeah. second leg in the League Cup, and it was, yeah. it was. In fact, I think you might. I don't know if you were with him, but you were near uh, Peter Jackson as well because Jacko was there as well. Jacko's good lad as well, man. Good, yeah. really good lad. But that team, Gary Jones and all that, they're the best team I've watched since us lot. Yeah, yeah, agreed. That, they had that bit of cam- camaraderie as well, and they worked their bollocks off as well. You know, agreed. Where, where do you think it came from at that time? Do you think it came from the actual players or do you think it was the manager? Like, what, what creates that environment? It's both. The play, the manager has to bring in the right players in. Yeah. Right? And then the players have to be big enough, which they was. 
to play in front of that um, Bradford City crowd. And they had, a, they had a bit of everything in that team as well. Yeah, they did. Absolutely. Everything, everything that you wanted, every, all the ingredients, you know, that like yeah, Reedy you had, you know, flying up. No Kyle and no Zav as well. So, yeah. yeah. What, what, really what happened to Zavon Hines? Because he, when he was... He's coaching at West Ham. He's, had to, he's coaching at West Ham. He had to retire because of his knee. Right. And coaching at West Ham. Good lad. He used to, he used to train with me. Yeah, good player. Yeah, I remember seeing the videos actually. Yeah. Yeah. Great attitude. Yeah, really exciting player in his time as well. It just sort of just seemed to disappear all of a sudden, and that's injuries killed him. He had he had two bad knee injuries. It's a shame, and it? it's just part of football, though, isn't it? You know, we're not built to to do it every week and week out. The, the intensity of the training and stuff nowadays is mad. I mean, you look at us last season, all the injuries we had pre-season and things. It's I don't think players are as, as fit as when when we played. Really. I don't think so. I train so much of them now, and they're actually pussies. Right? <laughs> they are. Yeah, I, I'm still beating them. Do you think it's because like that they've got other things that like the gaming and all that sort of stuff? Do you think they're just busy doing stuff, or is it just what, no, what do you sport, think it is? Sports scientists give people an excuse how hard to train. Right? right, but the boys I train, I tell them all the time: the one thing you're in control of is how fit you be. Yeah. You can never be too fit. No. I think that's that's one thing in it, like this season, that we're, we're hopefully going to see as the season moves on. Because like, I think last season we looked at the second half of games and we seemed to just drop off and the fitness were off. But has COVID had something to do with that, possibly? Um, you know, has that affected things? Nah, I don't think so. Like, if you're a professional athlete, you shouldn't be dying in games. Mm. You should have that personal pride where you think, you know what, I ain't done enough in training today. I'm going to go and train. That's what I done when I was at Bradford. I'll leave training and go and train. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because I knew my game. I was I had to be fit to play my game. Yeah. Everywhere. Well, you, you know? You did a lot of running as well, like you were just always busy. Um yeah. talking about obviously fitness and this you know fits in with another question I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Would you ever want to work at Bradford City in like a you know coaching role in this sort of thing, or is it not something that would interest you? I'll walk to Bradford. Would you? Yeah, I would walk there. I would love to. I'd love to work at Bradford. Have you ever applied or anything before? Have you ever sort of put your CV across or done anything? There's been a there's been a couple of conversations. Yeah, but they've not followed it through. For me, it'd be just an, an obvious choice because of the, the passion that you've got, the stories that you've got. You played when we were at the highest we've ever been. Yeah. I just don't see why they wouldn't entertain that. I think it'd be fantastic for everybody, you know. You'd be a fantastic addition. And I've worked on the international stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been to a final and semi-final. The players love me at Ghana. At first, they never bought... They weren't buying into it at first. They're thinking, who the, who the fuck is this nutter? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But when we went to the tournament and started winning games late on and battering teams, they believed in it. Yeah. You mentioned, mentioned about the international. I'm going to ask because I've just, I'd forgotten to ask it. But obviously, you, you're an inter you were an international footballer as well. So yeah. About that. Oh, mate, I got called up after the Liverpool game. All right. But they actually withdrew the invitation because of my criminal past. <laughs> right. so, uh, it was a taken of his. Uh, but then the Jamaica public started getting involved. It was on TV out there. They started voting and whatever. And I'd 
at that time, my dad, I brought my dad over from Jamaica to see if they could give him any help in the hospital over there. And um, the Jamaica public kicked out fuss. The president of the Football Federation has ended up flying over to England to see my dad on his deathbed and telling him that I'm going to be reinstated and I will play for Jamaica. And that's where the story we go. Love that. Yeah. It shouldn't have happened anyway in the first place, but mm. I like the fact that, you know, your dad found that out, you know. Yeah, he found that out. He died proud. That's yeah. that's it, yeah. Which is which is lovely really. I mean it's, it yeah. should have happened. But so so then what first game? I mean first game. Trin um Trinidad at home. Yeah. Uh Dwight York playing. Yeah, Dwight York and Stern John played up front. Wow. Mm. Uh, and then um I remember remember Ricardo Gardner? I was on the yep. bench. Yeah. He got knocked out after fifteen minutes. Wow. So I've come on now. Hundred and something degrees. It put me on a fucking wing back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> uh, um we ended up winning one nil though. So great start. And added bonus. I, uh, my mum was there to watch it. Nice. Yeah, so I made someone go and pick her up at her house, bring her to the stadium to watch it. They ended up winning one nil. Was it a qualifier that? Was it a friendly qualifier? No, it was a qualifier, World Cup qualifier. Was it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I loved I loved playing for Jamaica. I met some good friends there as well. I ended up playing against Brazil as well. Wow. Champions. Yeah. Played against Ronaldo and all that as well, like Rivaldo, Kaká, Zirobel, Carlos, Cafu, and we only beat, uh, we only lost one nil. Uh, how was that? How how was that playing against those players? Mate, just imagine I was a number prison number PN two nine nine one Lawrence, and then I'm playing against the world champions. Phenomenal. Yeah. It was a madness, mate. Was, uh, Who was the best player you played against? I imagine it's probably one of those. R nine. Yeah. Yeah, Ronaldo, the real Ronaldo, I'll call him. Real Ronaldo, I'm with you on that. People yeah. forget that, he was just unbelievable. Oh. It was a joke, but the whole team was a joke. Normally, where I was playing, I was playing defensive mid, I, I would have one man where I'd mark. They're normally a danger man, I would mark him. Mate, my head was like that. There's, they were just rotating, there's four of them coming in there, like, and I'm like, fucking hell, this is yeah. what football is really about. Yeah. Was... um. Obviously, you scored a couple of goals as well for Jamaica. So, have you got like oh, a favourite goal? Scored one against um, America. USA, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, left foot, chest, left foot against Casey Keller as well, my ex-teammate. <laughs> <laughs> but then I ended up breaking my hand and breaking my arm in the same game. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a bad, bad break. I had to have an operation on it. That's great. I think going back, going back to City, I think there's another question I want to ask you. So, what was your favourite goal you scored for Brown? In fact, actually, what's your favourite all-time goal that you scored? In your career. In your career, sorry, yeah. Probably the one against Nor Norwich. Oh, my favourite, Jamie. Yeah. I yeah. love that goal. Love yeah. that goal. Tell yeah. us about that goal. Tell us about it all. I you know what? <laughs> it's funny as well. Craig Bellamy... Pulled me in a nightclub years after it. He's kind of, I remember you dumping me in the mud. <laughs> so all I remember is just picked up the ball in the centre midfield. I drove, 
took a good first touch. I've gone across him. He's tried to bring me down. I just shrugged him off in a while. And it just opened up. And then I then I'm through on goal with a keeper and just slotted it. I was just like oh. But when I watch it back in in slow motion and that it looks better than at the time when I've done it. Yeah. Love that. Oh, we've got a comment. We uh, love the trumpet celebration against West Ham. Somebody yeah, that's called a left footer there. And yeah, a little tap in there. That was that was created in Iron Upper. Was it? Was it? Right. What a DJ Spoonie, like obviously all the players are in there. So listen, this is the celebration, what you're doing uh, when you score this season. So all the boys were doing it. Heskey, everyone was doing it. Yeah. And then I think one, one, another goal was a goal against Gillingham. A chip from 30 yards. Is that the 5-1 game? 5-1. I think it was 4-1 or something like that. Cat yeah. scored a couple in that game as well. Yes, he did. It was his debut, wasn't it? Yeah, his debut. Him and Ashley Ward up front. Terrorised yeah. him. 4-0. I think it was 4-0, I want to say. It was 4-1. Oh, 4-0, yeah. I might, back. Be I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but I, yeah, I remember that game. Cad, yeah, debut. He definitely scored two goals that game. Yeah, and then I scored a chip from thirty yards. Yeah, that were, I mean that game. So talking about West Ham, I don't. These seems to have messed up a little bit, Chris. I don't know if Andy can sort them out, but we're all sort of uh, messed up on the screen. I think um, the game against West Ham, mate, that were a bit bonkers. Can you tell us about that? Because that must have been weird to play. In. Yeah, it was bad. Like to lose five four was hard to take after being we was up 4-2 and we should have been 5-2 up by the way because Dean Saunders had gone through one on one all we had to do is square it to um, potato face windows and then we would have uh, <laughs> been 5-2 up yeah? it actually kicked off in the change room after <laughs> because of yeah but that's how passionate we was as a team but what yeah. a game and the cameo on the halfway line Wanted to come off. I wish they took him off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. whinging about everything, wasn't he? And then he demanded to be taken off because well, he should have had a couple of penalties. Though, to be fair to him, <laughs> yeah, he definitely should have had a couple of penalties. <laughs> game. I was there, and that was. I think that's the probably the most bizarre, one of the most bizarre games I've ever seen. It was just end to end, and. Well, but you don't remember their team, England internationals in the end. You know what I mean? Lampard, wasn't it? Lampard, Ferdinand, you know I mean? a proper player, Joe Cole. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah, Team yeah. Player, really good player, Joe Cole. Was yeah. Lampard, Lampard played in that game, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah, Lampard, yeah, Lampard scored. Didn't he? remember when they was arguing about the penalty? Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah. yeah, so what game that was. So in the Prem, like, who, who were the best player you played against in the Premier League? Would you say Henri? Oh. Oh, yeah. Gaffer done me up. He done me up anyway. I weren't happy with him in that game. We put, When we played him at Highbury, right, played me right back to mark him. Wow. So that had pace. Yeah. But he knocked the ball past me the first two minutes, I think, and this is going to be a fucking long night. <laughs> and then he come off and Overmars come on. Oh. And I was like, thanks. Really done me up. But they, that team there, they battered us 2 0. I don't think we got out of our off. No, yeah. we didn't. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it was embarrassing how good they were. Do you know what? We scored at Valley Parade as well, Omri. I just remember yeah. everything. I just cheered because it was just. Yeah, it was a great goal. 
but then we beat them 2 1, didn't we? We did, we did. Um, is that the one where was it Windash scored that little cheeky free kick when they weren't watching? And Dean Saunders scored the winner. He did. Through yeah. Stephen's legs as well. Yeah. What game that was. And then I had to I had to mark Burkamp for the last twenty minutes. The three players you mentioned there, you had to mark that's mad, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. This is top yeah. quality. That team yeah. was just bonkers. Yeah, it's a joke, man. Just this is obviously on the other side of the coin. So we've talked about players that you enjoyed playing. Was anybody that you didn't get on with um, when you played with them in, at the time? Yeah. Rafa, no, elsewhere. Never got on. With, never got on with Windass. You called him potato. Nah. So I picked up on that. Yeah. No, we're all, we're all right now. Yeah. yeah. But I never with him. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. What what no. reason? Just just don't like each other's sort of personality, or just just didn't click. Or no, he's a prick. He was a prick at the time. All right. The bo- most of the boys would tell you the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And and we never had snakes in the change room. You know yeah. what I mean? And he was bordering on being a snake at the time. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You won't you you suffer Phil's will you, Jamie? I'm surprised you didn't whack him like you did that fella in prison, but you know, he <laughs> got away with one there, mate. He nearly got it, to be fair, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love that. Yeah. Any, anybody else in your career that you, I mean, you've mentioned a couple of managers as well, but is there anybody else that you just didn't click with? Um, Martin Allen when I was at Brentford, right? Yeah, not not a nice man to be fair. Like he's a bit of a bully because yeah, I, I, I can't be bullied and that. He never yeah. wanted the team, you know what I mean. So got he got rid of me and he got rid of Andy Myers because he couldn't bully us, right? And that's why that's why he never ever went higher as a manager. Because when you go higher and the players have got more about and they're not going to take your bullshit. Yeah, exactly right. You've either got to be like top, top, if you like Alex Ferguson, somebody like that to be able to just say what you want. Or There's clock and all that, but they've got respect. They know how to treat people as well, mate. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You just mentioned Andy Myers and it's just reminding me of the story of, um, I can't remember, I think he played in that game, Jamie, but correct me if I'm wrong, you might have gone out on loan, but no. the Leeds United game, yeah. with him and Stuart, yeah. Oh, fucking hell. It's embarrassing. It was all kicking off in the, in the changing room at half-time as well, man. Fucking hell. <laughs> it was quite quite embarrassing, really, to be honest. What was going on then? What, tell us about what what happened. What was it? What was... I mean, obviously, we were getting beat, but... We, we were getting battered, weren't we? And then, um, I don't think Mac attracted his runner. Andy said something to him, and Mac has come up, stuck his head into Andy, and Andy's chinned him. And then cut his eye open, and, that, and then all hell broke loose in the change room at half time. Did it split the, the team at the time? Like, did it? Did, you know, no, but it um, split anyway because um, Jim Jeffries was manager at the time. Oh. Right. Yeah. And he tried to get rid of me a few times. Right. A few of them tried to get rid of me. Chris Hutchins tried to get rid of me. But in the end, all wanted to play me. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? When the going got tough, they wanted me to play. Yeah. Yeah, but Jim Jeffries, yeah, weren't the best. Weren't the best. That's an understatement of years. Yeah, we struggled a little bit, didn't we? Um, yeah, yeah Nicky Lord, didn't he? Yeah. Just I, think, I think it was, uh, was it Hopkin who said, uh, when he was in training, and he said something like, uh, we're not we're not playing in the Scottish second division now. This is proper training. And he just didn't have a clue. He just... He was no. absolutely useless, apparently. That's what he said. 
I don't know how he got the job. Because there's proper candidates out there at the time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Betty Voice, Vo- I, I want to say, was it was um, linked to it at the time as well. Yeah, I know. It's a joke, mate. I, I, I never enjoyed it under him. He tried to sell me to loads of teams. When, I mean, when he came in, to be fair, Jamie, he said, I think it was his first press conference, and he'd come in, I want to say it was like November time, and he said, we've already gone down. And it was like, you've got no fight already, and you're already saying it's November time. Oh, well, the club are going down. I mean, yeah. that can't have been good for you uh, for you footballers, right? Well, we, were, we weren't listening to him anyway. The boys never used to listen to him, especially Dean Saunders. Dean Saunders used to take the piss out of him all the time. Like, shout... Because he had Billy Brown there as well. Yeah. And they shout at the top of the corridor, Billy who? <laughs> I'm like, fucking hell. <laughs> they tried to sell him to, um, they tried to get him to go to Dundee. Yeah. So they come in, they come in now, <laughs> they've gone, oh, Dundee want to talk to you. And he's gone, what, do they want a chairman? Dino, Dino. Funniest footballer I've ever had the really? pleasure of. Yeah, oh, mate. He's wit. It's a joke. He's on Talk Sport, isn't he, now? He's, uh, he's presenting on there now. Um, he's across the world. He's done a lot for my career as well. He helped me. Him and Flash give me that little belief. Yeah. Yeah, like, Flash will sit me down and say, Jay, you don't know, you don't realise what you do for this team. Really? And, and Dean Saunders, imagine hearing from Dean Saunders as well. Dean Saunders said, listen... We don't do well if you're not in the team. Mm-hmm. You're our legs. You know what I mean? So to wear that from them pros, you know, you just mad. Yeah. Like you say, from, from where you came from as well, you must be thinking, like, pinching yourself thinking this is bonkers. Yeah. And I, I used to support Liverpool, wasn't it? And then he's, he played for Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, it's my... Course, yeah, early 90s, yeah. yeah. So, just before we sort of finish up, because I know you've got your life to get back to, uh, Jamie, we could, I could speak to you all day. I'm sure Chris would... Oh. Uh, echo that. <laughs> so I'll read some um, the questions out from fans. So if you've got any questions for Jamie, put them on the uh, the comments on YouTube, and we'll get them read out. Um, we'll try and pick some good ones. This one's a little bit daft, but I'll ask you anyway. So they're asking. Yeah. So Craig Whitaker's saying, um, in your time at City, who was the best and who was the worst dressed footballers? <laughs> Blake, he's got to be up there. Yeah. <laughs> what the worst? As the worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably Andy Myers would be up there. I used to love my clothes. Uh, yeah. Andy Myers would be up there. So you're the bestie, is that what you're saying, Jamie? You were the best. Uh, that's not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you style, mate. Yeah, I love my clothes. Huh? Yeah. And a yeah. um, couple of other questions as well. So is it true you used to walk around, uh, sorry, walk to the ground through town with your boots in your hand? No. No, I was like a boot boy. Yeah. Get into the ground in your Range Rover or something instead, won't you, mate? Yeah, so that's that's just one question that came up. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to see if there's any more that come through as well. Um, and Chris, have you got any questions for Jamie while we're Yeah, I, I want to ask you because obviously you've mentioned Flash a couple of times, and obviously we did the uh, podcast with him last week. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, it sounds in some ways you've got <laughs> not completely similar careers, but he obviously left. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday because he was partying he left Southampton and, w- and when he came to Bradford he said that he had to settle down and he had to reel about his career so yeah. was that kind of the things that he was trying to tell you that you just need to settle down and concentrate on that? No, I knew I had to settle down especially after the first season 
where I was at the back of all the running, right? The next season off, I never took a holiday, right? I trained six o'clock in the morning, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, and 12 o'clock at night. And I timed all my runs, I was in the gym. And then I came back. After two weeks, the gaffer's called me in the office to give me a four-year contract. And then the next season, the same thing happened. And then every every off season, I've done the same thing. I just kept myself fit. You were you were always dynamite down that way, Jamie. And I just loved how you tech people on, but with such ease and just such confidence as well. Where did because that wasn't originally how you used to play. Where did that come from? The confidence as well to run forwards. No, I always took people on, mm. but I used to play centre midfield for the teams yeah. I played for. Uh, but when I went there, when I went out there, I was like, you know what? What's the worst that can happen? And then I had that manager, Sammy Chung, said, telling me, you've got, you got all the ability in the world. Go at them. Keep going at them. And more times than not, I would wear people down because of how fit I was. Uh, they'd be tiring and I would still be going. Incredible. Someone just put... Uh... Still keep in touch with DJ Spoonie and MC Neat. Love listening to them on Galaxy 105 on a Friday night. I'm, I'm always in contact with Spoonie still. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, DJ and MC Neat? Did you do out with them too? Uh, <laughs> you haven't mentioned that yet. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that? DJ and MC Neat? Nah, nah, nah nothing with them, nah. Who, who did you knock about? So obviously Spoonie, who else back in those days did you knock about with a bit? Michael Dubry. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Andy Myers, Ranks, Gareth Grant. People don't, don't remember Gareth Grant. Uh, yeah. Ashley Westwood, yeah. Adrian Davison, funny as fuck. Uh, 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 nutter. The keepers are always nutters anyway, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Who else was there? In our little crew. That's about it, really. Did you just go on holidays and stuff together then? I mean, did you go abroad? Players used to go to the same destination most years, like Ironapple and whatever. Yeah. So meet up out there. But you get all the Frank Sinclair. Yeah. Frank Sinclair, yeah. But did you get away with more because social media wants, you know, Twitter, Facebook? Oh, yeah. I don't think I could play in today's game. I'll be ruined. Yeah, some partying back then, I imagine. Yeah, proper partying. I used, to, I used to party on a Sunday, and then there's a place called Coliseum in in London, and then I'll get a cab all the way back at, to training, straight to training, and win all the running. Wow! <laughs> and then go home and die. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, you, but the, when you look at Grealish now, and he, he's just the papping all over. He's just enjoying himself, isn't he? And, do you, what what are your thoughts on that? Like, we obviously I don't think Pep will have that for too long. Yeah, yeah, especially when you're not doing it on the pitch as well. Mm, true. So, yeah. when you look at it now, do you think it's a bad thing that he's doing now? Do you think he should do what he wants? I mean, what are your thoughts? Because you were a bit of a party man in your day. No, but listen, at the top level where he's at, them thin little things, them little things count so much. Yeah, like if you're doing it, like. I watched him against um, Liverpool the other day. He never went past the fullback once. Mm. Got the ball and turned back, passed it back. All right. So if you're partying and you're not performing, something's got to give. Yeah. yeah. 
I guess you've got to back it up on the pitch, and if you are doing it, you know, like O'Neill said that to me. He said to me, he said, "Listen, you're big men. I don't care what you do off the pitch, but if it affects what you do on it, then there's a problem." Yeah. All right. For sure. And um, last question. I mean, somebody's asked a bit of a different question, but about your haircuts. What was your favourite haircut when you played, mate? Probably the purple. Yeah. Beat yeah. Liverpool the last game of the season. Love that. Yeah. yeah, I've never seen anybody well apart from, like, say, Dennis Rodman. That I think you're the only two people I've ever seen with purple hair as a man. Yeah, I had all the colours, you know, red, also yeah, green. Everything. Yeah, red was against West Ham when I scored the two. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Um, Owen's asking who was the best player you've played with on your team. I don't know if I've asked you that already. Lost you again, Hesky. 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 Well, country more. So he got a stick, didn't he? Hesky. Like, I don't know why. Unfair stick, mate. Like all the players that played with him, they'll tell you the same thing, mate. Like Michael Owen says, he's his best strike partner of all yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I never, under, I've never understood the abuse that Heskey used to get because yeah. you look at him in the England team. I mean, he's got a, a lot of goals for us. Leicester, yeah. he was phenomenal. Liverpool, yeah. he was. Um, yeah. I really, don't get the abuse that he was getting. He was a phenomenal footballer. Yeah, he was unbelievable for us. Like it was just a handful. Like you know, when you're under pressure and you play in the channel and that. And they just hold it up and take you out the pitch and take the pressure off you. Unbelievable. He's my roommate as well. He's a good pal of mine. He was only 17 when he came into that Leicester team. Yeah, he was, yeah. He's a big, big blood though, wasn't he as well? Like, he, he, yeah. even when he was younger. Distance. Yeah. Yeah. Quick, strong, brave as well. The only thing, sometimes he was too nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's only when people upset him that you saw the angry side. <laughs> I heard he was a confidence player that he needed um, management to, to tell him he was good. Is that is that true? Or yeah, is that... Martin O'Neill was like that, though. He'll be like that to him. You're the best player in the world. And I remember one day on the bus and all that, he's gone, come here, son, put your shoes up. And he'd, he'd wipe his shoes and that. He said, you're the best player in the world, mate. And, like, yeah, and he believed it. Yeah. yeah. But that's what players need, don't they? Like that arm round him a little bit sometimes and telling them stuff like that. Yeah. Some do. Jagger was opposite with me. Yeah. Like, Jagger would come in on a Thursday and go, fucking hell, son. I watched, a, I watched last week's game. You got roughed up, didn't you? And he'll walk away and he'd laugh in his head off. Like, <laughs> and he he's got steam coming out of my ears. And, yeah. you, know, you watch on Saturday, I'll show you about got roughed up. <laughs> Knew what we were doing. Um, <clears throat> did you ever go out in Bradford? Yeah. Uh, I used to always go out in Bradford. Did you? Yeah, I used to go to the park. Me, Flash, and all that. Park was ladies' day, and it they they never they never used to have to pay for a drink. Huh? Right. So that's where I was going. <laughs> all JBs and all that as well. Yeah, yeah. That's the first time I met Mark Lawn in JBs. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he, obviously he weren't chairman at the time. It was Jeffrey, and he he always says it to me to this day. He's gone. I remember. You came in there, I sat you down and I asked you, do you think we can get in the Premier League? And I said to him, I said, I never left Leicester not to get back in the Premier League. And it always reminds me to that day. And do you speak to him now, nowadays? Or? I speak to Mark Lawn all the time. Yeah, I, I like Mark Lawn, top man for me. I, I go in his box when I go to the games. 
I was going to say, are you going to come to any games this season? Then have you got any plans? Yeah, I'll, be I'll be at games. Brilliant. It'd be nice we'll to have, mate, we'll nice have to, to uh, meet up as well and uh, have a beer, Jamie. Yeah, have a nice Guinness, mate. Yeah, Guinness. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we can get this man taking his out. It sounds like a right animal, Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it yeah, I love a good is, mate. can drink it all day. Yeah. Love that. Well, um, look, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. I'm sure Chris would uh, echo this, but we could sit and speak all night, mate. Um, but you've got your life to live. So thank you very much for coming on, mate. And uh, we'll always be a day. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank Take you. care, mate. And hopefully we'll have you on again at some point. Bye, everyone. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Jamie. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.